Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas. Today my guest is Mr. Tony Housie. Tony is in the Public Affairs Office at Camp Ripley. And Tony, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. Good to have you here as always. And uh, spring is trying to get here, but uh, you're still busy at Camp Ripley, aren't you? We are. It is busy. It almost feels like we've had a second April. You know, well, a second, yeah. Really? Um, it's it's a lot going on, and and yeah, we're trying to hope for spring as much as everybody else, and yeah. hold on. Well, now I understand uh, the Norwegians have been here and left already. They have. They've experienced yeah our version of spring <laughs> <laughs> or, or second winter. How we wanted to look at those past few weeks. Uh, they were they were excited to see the different types of weather changes and things like that. And then and they do get a variety of weather in Norway. But it was interesting to be here in Minnesota and experience that as well. Yeah. So remind our listeners, this is an exchange uh, program that's actually been happening for a long time here in Minnesota, hasn't it? It, it is. You know, we're we're excited to say that we're we're the longest running. Um, international exchange in the Department of Defense. Really? And realistically, it's it's not as official as some of the other partnerships that we've had. Like, there are state partnership programs and there are national ones. Uh, the Norwegian exchange between Minnesota and the Home Guard in Norway uh, it started a, a handshake based off of a couple of World War II veterans that thought it would be a good idea to collaborate on, wow. uh, you know, modernizing their force and future and things like that. Yeah. And the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard at the time, uh, Major General James Seaman, was given this task by the by the National Guard Bureau to create this exchange program. So uh, we sent 100 um, Minnesota National Guard soldiers over to Norway to kind of develop their skills in winter operations training and, and talk through tactics and things like that. And then the Norwegian Home Guard uh, sent over 100, at the time, uh, youth conscripts. Uh, for the same purpose, and uh, you know that de- that almost um, instantly developed a cultural exchange as well. Yeah. So it's not just about tactics; so there was a cultural part of it as well. And then that's been continuing on since 1974. Wow, wow, that is really cool. And I think it's especially cool because there are so many uh, Norwegian. Um, if you will, um, uh, folks that st- uh, their ancestors from Norway reside here in Minnesota. Right. In fact, there was a, a unique opportunity this exchange that uh, a Minnesota family was able to um, have a direct connection to somebody who came over wow. uh, on the exchange. They were from the same to- same town, the same kind of family uh, roots and whatnot. So they were able to meet and talk and like exchange a little bit of uh, Norwegian language uh, with our Minnesota accent and vice versa. You know, yeah. it, was, it was pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned the cultural expl- exchange, and I know you've talked about this be- before, but for any of our listeners that haven't heard, you guys always do a dinner uh, that features uh, the Norwegian cuisine, don't you? We do. Yeah, when they're the, here? Yep. The Norwegians bring over um, an abundance of food. And, and this year, the group that came over was from uh, Finnmark, which is clo- you know towards the, above, above the Arctic Circle to the northern part of Norway. And uh, they brought reindeer and all these different types of fish and uh, incredible food. Uh, and it was quite a spread. It was a huge opportunity. Everybody got a chance to try a lot of different things. Uh, so they do this the uh, exact same thing over in Norway. And then we put on uh, an American meal for them while they're here. And then we send 
um, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs from the cities uh, and restaurant owners over to Norway to put on an American meal for them as well. Oh, that is so neat. So neat. Well, that was uh, that's awesome that we uh, continue to do that, and you'll do it again next spring, I trust. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, actually, we're going to push it back into February again, so <laughs> we'll just give them one season instead of a couple at a time. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, what's this I hear about the state best warrior competition? Yeah, this is an, an annual event, and it's uh, in several different phases. So each unit of the Minnesota National Guard uh, sends a, a soldier, a junior enlisted soldier, and a non-commissioned officer to take part in the best warrior competition. And these are uh, several different stations and tests to determine their skills and abilities. And, and, and the majority of it is tactical, uh, but there are things like essays and uh, presentation boards and uh, you know some things to challenge their their abilities mentally as well. So uh, we just finished up the state, and this year we're hosting the regional uh, competition again uh, this coming month. Uh, and then there'll be a national, and it goes all the way up to Department of Defense level. Really? When does the regional competition take place at Camp Ripley? Uh, it'll be the second week of. Uh, May. May. Okay. I've got my months all mixed up yeah. there for a second. <laughs> so it's not that far away, really. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're, uh, they had a good test run, so to speak, with the state uh, competition, and yeah. the weather was very decent for it. Uh, so they're going to they're gonna reset all those uh, challenges again and kind of tweak them a little bit. And uh, that when the regional happens, and we'll get folks from all, all over the Midwest and Texas and different parts of the country. And uh, it'll be an exciting, exciting competition. No doubt. All right. Uh, what else is going on at Camp Ripley this time of the year? Uh, this time of the year, we're getting ready for the rush of training. So, uh, w- you know, our Minnesota National Guard units, for the most part, are in a refit year. So that's kind of just basic weapons qualification, getting their vehicles and equipment back into, you know, 100% running order and all that. We'll be expecting... Uh, a lot of out-of-state units, okay. and you know we'll see them coming from all over as well. So that'll be that'll be fun to see what kind of training they they take part in. I think a familiar sight for many who travel on three seventy one is to see these caravans of military vehicles, oh, right. yep. and those are the ones that are coming from around the state to travel to Camp Ripley for training. I would assume. Yep, they'll be all over the roads, and uh, just keep an eye out for them. Yeah, um, interesting. Um, you had mentioned before we started here today that uh, the uh, military also will be seeing some new vehicles, and we're talking brand new equipment. Uh, does that happen very often? Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. I, I think that it's even a rare occasion uh, for a number of different units um, to see brand new vehicles. You yeah. know, uh, we try to maintain our equipment as much as we can, and uh, you know. What happens a lot of times is they go to a depot level, they get refurbished, and they get sent back to us. So they still might have an original date of 1983 on them, but they're still, you know, they're a new vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we're looking at right now is a uh, is the Army's um, next step in upgrading as far as their modernization policy. Their, their modernization steps for meeting... Uh, battlefield criterias. Ah. Uh, so we'll see a lot of digital things and we'll see uh, a lot of uh, 
you know, the a lot of the equipment that we're getting now is is upgraded based on the hardware technology. So we'll see new chassis and new types of drive systems and things like that. So our soldiers will have to learn that, and then they can use them. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I've often wondered about that because there must be a shelf life for, you know, a standard uh, Army Jeep or even tanks and some of these things uh, before you get the the next generation, if you will. Absolutely. You know, I think throughout even my career, I've seen probably uh, three generations of tanks kind of come through. And and, it, and it's interesting. It's just small tweaks and stuff like that. Like the, the tanks that I originally started on were a lot of, uh, you know, circuit breaker switches. And you can do a lot of manual stuff and uh, kind of fudge a few things if you need to, you know. But, but then the next generation came in and it was all digital stuff. So you had to figure out how to be a computer whiz. And uh, so it was a lot of education, but it, it made the operating systems a lot easier to work with. Yeah, very interesting. How about even equipment like uh, your firearms and so on? Does mm-hmm. the sighting mechanism see upgrades? Do they get better and better? They do. Like a lot of our uh, uh, small arms and our, our personal weapons seen, seen an upgrade as far as uh, the different types of optics and, um, you know, uh, uh, assistant tools and whatnot for, for aiming and things like that. Uh, even our snipers, it was an interesting <clears throat> opportunity to um, introduce a, a sniper from Vietnam with our modern sniper team, right? Oh, wow. And the, the, the shop talk that they went through as far as, well, we used to use this and now we use this. And um, even that human uh system, that human factor, uh, gets a computer attached to it nowadays, right? So they, they have yeah. uh, laser range finders and wow. uh, ballistic computers and things like that. So. That is fascinating. Right. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, as we uh, get further into spring, will we start to hear some uh, some noises from Camp Ripley, our customary booming, and uh, as you fire uh, <laughs> some of the artillery down there and yeah. tanks? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So we're... we're we shouldn't see too many um, of the direct fire units come through, like the tank units and whatnot. They're, again, they're on a refit uh, cycle. But we will see a lot of artillery units come through, so there will be uh, that as well. One of the uh, systems that we're upgrading or, or getting brand new is the M109A7 Paladin, which is a completely remodeled version of the self-propelled artillery. Mm. Uh, so it's a 155-millimeter cannon an artillery piece but on tracks so they can shoot and scoot so wow yeah fascinating yeah uh and how about uh as far as military aircraft uh, is that part of the training that'll be taking place here as we move on into the spring and summer months? that is also yep yeah, yeah you're gonna see all kinds of c-130s from all over the country uh camp ripley is a hotbed and a gem for a lot of uh training because of our tactical landing strip as well as our hardball uh runway and, and our several drop zones. Uh, you might even see some parachute uh, infantry fall out of an aircraft uh, oh, really? this summer. Yeah, it's an exciting opportunity that we have from uh, down south. They're you know they're just preparing for a lot of different uh, exercises and things, and they uh, seen Camp Ripley and wanted to take take advantage. So yeah, uh, and when I say aircraft, does that include some of the new uh, high tech helicopters that the it, it does? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we should see the. Uh, the uh, new helicopters that are down in Oklahoma that with their units, they're going to come up here again. And, and they're primarily used in the States. They're not really used overseas. So we'll see a lot of that as well. 
Very interesting. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a busy summer. It will be a busy summer, yeah. All right. And, and how about your partners? I know you have so many partners from the State Patrol to Boy Scouts. A lot of different people use uh, utilize Camp Ripley, don't they? They do. The State Patrol is in their academy right now uh, going full bore, and they're doing some exciting um, uh, vehicle stops and uh, you know, different types of maneuvers and stuff out on the racetrack uh, uh-huh. this weekend. So wow. they're they're at it. The DNR, of course, is going to start their Conservation Officer Academy uh, very soon. And, uh, yeah, we've had Boy Scouts camping out even in the rough winter or post-winter winter kind of weather. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it is an amazing facility, and it gets used by a lot of organizations and groups, and that's that's a neat thing about the camp as well. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for being here to talk about all these things happening at Camp Ripley, and we'll look forward to hearing from you next month. I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. Mr. Tony Housie is in the Public Affairs Office at Camp Ripley. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found online on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can listen anytime, and you'll also find them on our free mobile app. That's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.